Hello and welcome to a November 22nd edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and today in a four-game slate comprising of a number of close matchups, it really is a mid-tier mania that we're seeing today with a lot of just incredibly well-priced players in that middle six to 7,000 range, really taking advantage of what are a number of injuries that are happening. Uh, speaking of injuries, before we get into it, for those who have not subscribed as of yet, definitely get yourself on to the Sports Ethos DFS Pass, where not only do you get access to tons and tons of great content as far as articles, as far as projections, just so many different things to get you that leg up on your competition in both DFS and season-long leagues, but you also get access to the live injury report, which will always keep you up to date on what is going on. But let's get right into it, not wasting too much time over here. Brooklyn is going into Philly with a matchup that probably had a lot of people kind of circling it with all the implications, Ben Simmons coming back and whatnot. It's been hampered a little bit with the injuries that we are getting coming into this matchup, which unfortunately includes Joel Embiid being out for not only this game, but with a uh, foot sprain, he could be he's going to be out for at least the Tuesday and Wednesday game. So hoping to have him back for later on in the week. On top of that, we just continue to know that Tyrese Maxey is out in that time. Of course, Harden is out as well. And Tobias Harris, who was questionable, has been upgraded to probable. So he's really the one major starter that is going to be available for this matchup here. But in general, Brooklyn is where I have a lot more excitement kind of coming into this matchup here. First of all, we saw Kyrie Irving make his way back after completing his, whatever you want to call it, his uh, missions <laughs> to be able to get himself eligible to get back on the court for Brooklyn and only play 26 minutes in that game, though I expect that there weren't any real formal restrictions on minutes as far as that's concerned, and he should be getting himself ramped up back to normal. But speaking of back to normal, it's really Ben Simmons at 6,300. That's the most exciting play for me. We're seeing him get back to normal. Last two games now has put up 44.75 and 39 DK points respectively. His price getting a little bit of a bump as a result, but still at 6,300. And as a guy who has power forward slash center eligibility while being a primary ball handler, again, not a combination you often get, definitely gives you a lot of versatility as far as lineups are concerned. And he is one of my favorite plays of the night here. So 6,300 Ben Simmons definitely in play throughout. Uh, as far as top tier guys are concerned, look, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, both of those guys are definitely in a position where, you know, you could potentially get them doing relatively well for their value. But honestly, the upside is just not there, given what we'll be speaking about as we go later on into the slate with more of these mid-tier guys that really have the opportunity to be able to do 6 to 7x on their value, much like Ben Simmons tonight, again, if he can drop another 40, where you know he's in a pretty decent position to be able to do so. Obviously, lots and lots of narrative coming into this matchup. He's definitely going to get booed out of his mind in Philly, so we're going to have to see how he responds to that. And while we don't have a lot of totals uh, as far as games are concerned just as of yet, we do have the one for the Brooklyn-Philly game, which is 217.5 with... Uh, the Brooklyn Nets favored to win by seven. So not a complete and utter blowout. So you're hoping that your regular players will be able to get their minutes. But that's, of course, an area to monitor. 
Uh, going with all those injuries that we spoke about as far as Philly is concerned, that does leave quite a few value plays to be able to jump in on as far as Philly's concerned. First and foremost, uh, Shake Milton is the one that jumps out, uh, 5300 so he has gotten a pretty significant price bump from the 3100 just absolute chalk bargain value he was for the last two games. But still, dropped 28 and 36 DK points respectively in that, has been shooting absolutely lights out, and of course his minutes are absolutely secure, getting 31 and 38 minutes in the last two games respectively, and you can expect that he's going to stay somewhere around that in this time while the team continues to get themselves back into some sort of healthy shape. The real question, though, is going to be what the front court is going to be looking like. So with Joel Embiid out, uh, we're going to have to see whether they decide to go more with Montrez Harrell or with Paul Reed. Now, we have seen in the past Paul Reed getting starters minutes and just being absolutely awesome in that time. And I actually like him from a permanent production perspective and from his salary perspective being $800 less than Montrez Harrell. A little bit more between the two. But again, I'll be keeping a strong eye out in terms of who they decide to start in that time. Uh, Harold's always been kind of a you know, stronger energy guy to be able to come ahead and uh, come out from the bench there. So I expect that they will go ahead and choose to start uh, Paul Reed, but let's uh, let's keep an eye out and see how that ends up working out. Moving on to the next game, which is the Sacramento and Memphis one, which is, as far as spread concerned, the closest game on the slate. Memphis is uh, the underdogs by just one and a half points. We don't have a total as of yet, but I do expect this to be a pretty fast-paced game. And again, more injuries uh, as far as Memphis is concerned. That continues to make uh, their entire rotation interesting. We know John Morant, uh, even though he is listed as week-to-week, they keep putting him up as questionable, but he is actually listed as doubtful and highly unlikely that he actually plays. And we also know that Desmond Bain, who is going to be out for two or three weeks. So that has opened up the floor for not only Tyus Jones, but also John Conchar. Both of those guys who have come in as primary ball handlers for the Memphis Grizzlies in this time. Uh, in the case of John Conchar, he's up to 6,200, a shooting guard small forward eligibility. Uh, got 33 minutes in the last game and has dropped 40 and 42 DK points in his last two games respectively. So again, another excellent mid-tier option alongside Tyus Jones, who at 5,900 is absolutely locked in as the starting point guard. Now, that being said, uh, Tyus Jones is always you know more of a facilitator. He doesn't usually look for his own shot. We saw him only get up 10 field goal attempts in the last game, but you know he's going to be able to rack up his his dimes total. So uh, it's... You know, it's a pretty solid point at 5,900 to be able to get him in a spot where he'll likely be able to get you 5x, but not necessarily the kind of guy who's going to be able to jump in for, you know, 6, 7x on a regular basis. And, you know, if you're really feeling a little frisky, I might actually be more inclined to jump in on Jaron Jackson, who is likely still on, you know, at least a soft minutes limit, has played 25 minutes in his last two games, but of course, you know, his last game just absolutely exploded, looked like he hadn't left or hadn't been injured in this entire time, put up 52 DK points in just 25 minutes. And we know the kind of explosiveness he has, not only from a scoring perspective, the fact that he can stretch the floor, the fact that he can rack up blocks in a hurry. You know, we know once everything gets kind of normal as far as his minutes and his rotation is concerned, he'll likely get himself up into the high 7,000s, low 8,000s on a regular basis as far as his price tag is concerned. So while... You know, 6,400 isn't an absolute lock, given the fact that we don't know if he's going to be playing, you know, a full quota of minutes. It's still one of those GPP uh, jumps that I'm willing to take on a couple of lineups just to see how how things actually work out. Because I expect that with uh, Dylan Brooks really just being the one primary, 
shot taker on this team put up 30 shots in the last game and he is I will say this again and again he is one of the worst actual offensive basketball players in the NBA but that doesn't really matter from a fantasy standpoint because you know he is going to take every shot that comes into his book so 7300 is definitely you know probably the high extent of where I'd be okay taking Dylan Brooks just because I expect his usage to be absolutely crazy so you know definitely something to keep in mind but again, as you would have noticed up until now, I've kind of just avoided talking about you know, big spending players, and it's why I'm kind of avoiding the Sacramento side of it as well. Obviously, they're going to keep it close on there, but just De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, both those guys, 9,600, 9,500 respectively, are just you know a bit too much for what I'm willing to spend, given the fact that there is more value kind of available throughout. Uh, if there's anyone I may want to run it back with on the Sacramento side, it may end up being Kevin Herter, who, again, is well establishing himself as a primary offensive option on this team. Got 19 shots up in the last game, 40 DK points on there, and 6,100, a bit... Uh, a bit higher than you would usually expect from him. And again, given the fact that we have John Conchar for 62, who I like better. We obviously spoke about Tyus Jones for 59, who I probably like better as well. It's just one of those where, yes, the decisions are there, and there's probably a couple of you know, decent picks to be able to take in there, but Kevin Herter's probably lower on my list for that. Uh, the Detroit Pistons and the Denver Nuggets game is actually probably one where I have the least amount of interest given uh, all the other games that are out there but again still going back to that mid-tier mania with the injuries that continue to happen for the Detroit Pistons for instance we know Sadiq Bey is out we know Isaiah Stewart is out we know Kate Cunningham is out that leaves Jaden Ivey to continue to be a primary offensive option on this team put up 34 DK points in the last game as well has been pretty consistent kind of in that mid-30s which gives him a pretty fair price tag of this 7,000 and honestly it's probably Again, that point where 5x is is likely on the cards for that price tag, but just not too much more upside beyond that. If there is any upside, it's likely with the front court of the uh, Detroit Pistons. With you know, Isaiah Stewart out, we've been seeing uh, Jalen Duran, we've been seeing Marvin Bagley get more minutes on there. Both of those guys are sitting in that 4,000 range mark, and you know, between the two, I've always liked Jalen Duran that much more. Uh, one, the fact that Detroit doesn't have much to play for in general as far as the season's concerned, especially now with Cade sitting out. They really do want to get more and more out of their rookie picks. And Jalen Duren, who's shown a lot of upside as far as his capability is concerned, especially on the glass in general, uh, he's going to be likely in line to get more minutes between the two guys. Got 27 minutes last game in comparison to Marvin Bagley, who only got 21. And he's kind of been hovering around that 21 to 24 minute mark. So just less opportunity for him to be able to go ahead and hit on his value. And being $600 more, likely looking at Jalen Duran as uh, one of my more popular plays from a cheap center perspective once I've taken all these six, 7,000 guys and need someone to go ahead and round out the lineup. On the Denver side, though, Again, we have Jokic, Murray, both of them are absolutely out for sure with their COVID protocols. Uh, don't know exactly when they'll return, but we know for sure it's not going to be this game. Uh, Bones Highland, who had a monster game in the last one, has seen himself taking a pretty large price bump up to 6700 He is probable for this game, but honestly, the only guy I'd probably find myself playing, and again, it's more of a contrarian one because he's let me down for three games in a row now, but it's Michael Porter Jr. And 5800 to me is just too cheap of a price tag and I know he hasn't 
lived up to it in the last couple of games. I mean, we all keep kind of hoping for him to have another one of those Chicago games where he dropped 42 DK points and has had you know, 11, 16, 25 in the last three games. And that's with me really bigging him up as you know a primary play in this time since uh, Jokic has been out. But again, some people just don't necessarily benefit from the fact that their star is out. You know, they get a little bit more attention. It gets harder for them to get good shots. But you know, to Porter's credit, he was 6 of 11 in the last game. It was a tight one that they won by just one point on there. And obviously, Bones Highland was the star in that one. But I am confident that he should be able to turn it around, especially against a Detroit team that hasn't been great defensively for this entire season. And in general, as far as the wings are concerned, really don't have the length to be able to consistently put someone on Michael Porter. So I'm you know, fingers crossed, hoping for him to have a turnaround game here. And at 5,800, I'm more than willing to go ahead and take that uh, take that gamble, especially with uh, Aaron Gordon also listed as questionable. And he is, we don't know whether he'll actually end up coming through or not, but really we've just been seeing all those minutes go to both Michael Porter as well as Bruce Brown. And there's just so much more upside with uh, Michael Porter that I'd likely want to go his way yet again and kind of hope that the chips fall the way they should. The final game of the night, and the one where uh, there is that risk of a blowout, in my opinion, are the Phoenix Suns, who are favored to win this game by 7.5, coming up against the Los Angeles Lakers. We do know that LeBron James is questionable for this game as well. He's missed four games up until now, and you know there's this kind of whispers that he'll hopefully be able to make his way back for this game, but I'm kind of hoping he doesn't because Anthony Davis has been the one guy that I've actually enjoyed taking as far as a top-tier uh, pick is concerned, and even on this slate at 10,500, assuming that LeBron James is out, he would be the one guy that I do have interest in as far as actually spending up and putting that kind of money out there, depending on what uh, the rest of the lineup ends up looking like. Again, we know exactly what Anthony Davis can do. It's all about health with him. He is uh, probable in this game as well. He was having a bit of lower back tightness, but looks like it's going to be okay, and he's going to be playing as normal. Uh, beyond that, we've really just seen Austin Reeves take uh, a lot of advantage of the fact that he's getting these additional minutes. But again, it's about usage, and while he has been getting somewhere in that uh, you know 30-ish mark for 4,600, which isn't a bad uh, a bad line to take given the fact that his price tag and his uh, small forward eligibility does give you that little bit of versatility he'd probably be the second guy that i'd be looking at but really anthony davis is the primary one that i'm that i am really interested in as far as the lakers are concerned and the rest of it's really just going to be how much i want to run it back with the uh, phoenix side of things again in a game where there is that concern of a blowout i always am a little bit wary of spending up as far as uh, really anyone's concerned I said Anthony Davis is one just because you expect he'd need to be on the floor for this game to stay even somewhat competitive. But as far as the Phoenix side is concerned, there's actually more interest in some of these uh, mid-tier guys that we're seeing. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has found himself back in form and found himself back in his regular uh, minutes and rotation and all as well, uh, putting a 48 and 36 DK points in his last two games. Has seen a little bit of a uh, of a price bump for him, up to 6,800 now in comparison to his low 6,000s earlier in the season where he was you know, a little bit more of a lock to be able to go ahead and hit his value. But really, we've seen that Phoenix has been anything but 
you know, consistent all the way through. Like they just, uh, you know, where the minutes are going to come from. You know where the uh, points are going to come from. You know, Devin Booker is going to continue to be that guy throughout. He's going to put up all the shots that he needs to. And of course, he's loved playing the Lakers in the past. So if for those who like those kind of narratives, maybe a little bit inclined to take him for ninety three hundred. But in general, that trifecta of Cameron Payne, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, all in that kind of 6,600 to 7,100 range, are going to be your main guys to be able to get that pretty solid, I'd say almost lock as far as 5x value is concerned for what they have. So definitely keep an eye out on that over there. And again, if that's what your lineup is rounding out to, I wouldn't be too unhappy about that at all. And if you're like me and there's just something about getting a little bit of exposure in the late night game, you know, just that feeling of being able to potentially move up rather than kind of hopefully being on top and not moving down. This is one of those uh, mental things. And obviously there's nothing to that. Make the best lineup you can. But I always like having exposure in the last game just for my own peace of mind. And if that's the case, those three guys in the middle are where I am looking at primarily for my exposure to this game as far as Phoenix is concerned. But again, four games, not a big slate, but more than enough options here to be able to get a pretty decent amount of movement on there. But moving on to the Thrive Fantasy side of things, where, again, if you haven't uh, gone ahead and got yourself signed up on there, definitely look into that. You have the ability to be able to pick your lineups based on the different props that are there on the night, just over and under for different points that are on there. So definitely sign up and prop up with us today. The two major uh, points that are jumping out to me as far as Thrive Fantasy on the Knights concerned is, first of all, again, going back to that Anthony Davis side of things. I expect him to continue to be a primary option on that team in the absence of LeBron James, especially if he is going to be out in this one. He, in his last three games now, has put up 37, 38, and 30 real points. So for him to be in a scenario where 26.5 is the points props that are being given to him, to go over on that for 110 points is definitely a gamble that I do like myself taking. Uh, the second one is with DeMontis Sabonis. Again, consistency and that Sacramento-Memphis game is likely going to be one of the faster-paced games of the night. He is sitting at 28.5 total for his points and rebounds. And if you think that he's going to go over on that like I do, that is a 100 points right there. But again, a lot to take in. On this slate, a lot that we've gone through. Again, this is a primer, so definitely keep an eye out as far as the injury reports are concerned, as far as the lineups are concerned, and sign up for that DFS pass. Get in on our Discord as well with Sports Ethos, where you can have live updates. You have the ability to be able to ask the pros. There's just so much that we can do to be able to offer that value and give you that edge that you need to be able to take down these competitions. But Good luck to everyone out there. Let's go ahead and take down some tournaments. 